Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Roshvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior experience in finance and more recently venture capital in Africa. And I'm Anvita, Harvard Business School class of 22. I've actively worked in VC and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple. Increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in VC. Our guest today is Sophie Panaris. Sophie is the head of platform and operations at 186 Ventures, an early stage fund based in Boston. Prior to 186, she was in business planning at the TJX companies, working closely with the CFO and senior leadership to provide detailed financial analysis and strategic recommendations on various initiatives. She started her career at Cambridge Associates, helping advise high net worth clients and institutional investors. Thank you so much for joining us, Sophie. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. So I covered a little bit of your career in the intro, but can you tell us a little bit more about the journey? You've been in finance roles, but at different types of institutions. Walk us through those career decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So right out of college, I began my career at Cambridge Associates on the client-facing side. So my clients, they were a mixture of high net worth individuals and endowments. And while I was there, I was responsible for asset allocation, for man- manager selection, and really overall portfolio construction and management. And having only studied English and government at Georgetown, I really had no real business acumen. So, you know, this was it was an incredible first job for me and it laid the foundation for my trajectory going forward. And not to mention while I was there, I had exposure to all the asset classes including venture capital. And I really had this aha moment that led me to my next job at HomeGoods. And it's when the venture capital managers, they come in, they pitch their strategy, they'd give us an update on their fund, and they would talk start talking about their underlying portfolio companies. And I just noticed that in those meetings I would get particularly animated and excited and energized to learn more about those companies and how they were growing. So, you know, I thought why not go work for a company and get some hands-on operating experience. So that's how I found myself at HomeGoods working on the strategy team and you know you can think of this role as you know reporting to the C suite on all sorts of initiatives and I played a handful of roles there roles there but I got my first taste of entrepreneurship when I was the apprentice to the CFO of HomeSense and for people who don't know what HomeSense is it's the startup underneath the HomeGoods umbrella and at the time there were 40 stores across the country and I was tasked with trying to generate HomeSense's first dollar. So it was a, a great first operational role, hands-on experience. It was like a startup but with all the safety guardrails of working for a massive company. Um loved the role but always knew that I wanted to go find my way into venture, work on a smaller team. So from there I began the grind of networking, reaching out to peers, reaching out to friends, reaching out to second degree connections, trying to wiggle my way into the startup ecosystem and into the venture ecosystem. So simultaneously, I'm I'm friends with Julian, who's the co-founder and managing director of 186 Ventures. He heard through a mutual friend that I was looking to get into something more entrepreneurial, so he reached out to me 
and was like, hey, I just started something super cool with my best friend, Giuseppe. We launched a fund and we're looking for a catch-all style person. Is that interesting to you? And I was like, absolutely. So I jumped on it. Um, I got to know Giuseppe and Julian better over the course of six months. And that's how I am now at 186 as their first employee heading up uh, platform and operations. That's an amazing journey. And I love how all of it basically connected throughout. Um, and I'm glad to have the opportunity, and we, we spoke about this earlier, to have someone who works on platform and operations. Because while those roles are emerging across the industry, they remain lesser known. But I do myself encounter a lot of students who want to have a role that is at the intersection of investing and startup world. So would love to take the next question there. Um, can you tell us more about the role of platform and operations in VC and how the experience has been for you, especially in this trying times for startups, given everything that's been happening in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So candidly, I did not know much about platform and operations either before starting at 186. And of course, I knew all about the investment side of the house and venture. But this is one of those best kept secrets that platform exists. It's a very dynamic role where you have the opportunity to work hand in hand with founders and really help them on their journey. So would love to break down platform for you and for all the listeners but, you know, if I were to break it down into its most simple terms, in my opinion, there are two main goals that platform aims to achieve. The first is to help scale your founders. And the second is to help scale your organization and your GPs. So if you think of platform as this big umbrella role, within that, there are verticals that you can have a team that specializes, specializes in those. I'm a one woman show right now, so I have my hand in all of them, but there's portfolio support, there's community activation. In some cases, investor relations falls under platform, depending on how big your venture team is. And then lastly, there's internal operations. So to dive under the hood a little bit more in terms of portfolio support, this is really helping to scale your founders and your GPs who support your founders. But at the pre-seed and seed stage, that's where we invest at 186, this is helping our founders scale from zero to one. So it could be in supporting their go-to-market strategy. It could be by supporting their, their org strategy build out or helping them with hiring and recruiting. It could be supporting them through their marketing and PR push ahead of fundraising announcements. Really anything we can do to be another arm for our founders from a support function. That's what portfolio support and platform aims to achieve. The, the next bucket that I'll speak to is community activation. So this is one that 186 leans into pretty heavily. And essentially what I mean by community activation is what steps are we taking to bolster the innovation economy in the ecosystem that we sit in? So within our ecosystem, you know, there are founders, there are operators, there are builders, there are other VCs, academics, students, experts, vendors, LPs. It's massive, right? So how are we growing this community? How are we nurturing it? How are we, how are we providing thought leadership? So at 186, we host multiple events a month and 
This is to bring founders and operators together under one roof to network and to commiserate, to problem solve. And we find these to be incredibly impactful for our founders. Um, you know, some of these events are strictly networking, some are very topical, but the overall goal of community activation is really to connect the dots between all of these stakeholders within the community. The next piece, which I'll only touch on briefly because it's relatively self-explanatory, is investor relations. In my case, it falls under platform. We, I play a role in that in terms of supporting our current LPs, but then thinking through the capital formation to make sure that our firm sustains for decades to come. And then as teams get larger, sometimes it sits outside of platform, um, but I'm just giving you a larger picture that platform can touch a lot of things. And then um, the last one that I wanna touch on is internal operations. So this one in particular, it, it really helps the firm and the GP scale. And what I mean by this is, you know, what types of frameworks and structures can we put in place to help our organization move incredibly fast? So right now we have 16 portfolio companies, right, that we support, but you know, what happens when we have 100? What types of foundational frameworks can we create to make sure that we stay just as effective for our founders as they grow, but our bandwidth shrinks a bit? So, you know, that's really, I, I said a lot, you can probably tell that there's a whole host of roles that you can get exposure to in platform. And, you know, it's becoming table stakes in the venture ecosystem to have platform as part of your team. Founders expect the support, so do LPs. Um, you know, and it's definitely fun to see how each venture firm defines what their platform superpower is. And it's fun for me to be building out ours at 186. Absolutely. This was a super useful overview of what the role is. And I'm sure listeners who are interested in, in learning more um, appreciate it. Um, and just to to the second part, I would love to hear how the last two weeks have been for you, especially in this role of support to startups at 186 um, with um, a lot of the events that have been happening in the in the VC and the tech world. Yeah, for sure. The last two weeks have been, you know, highly stressful and emotional, given everything that happened with SVB and how the, how the market is shaking out. And, you know, as as investors on the VC side, we we have the opportunity to support our founders. Um, luckily for 186, we we didn't have direct exposure but it is such a great reminder to make sure that we're practicing very strong governance and we're, you know, projecting out to our founders next step forward to be um, proactive instead of reactive when things like this happen. So definitely more so offering advice on governance going forward and making sure that we're a call away. We want to be our founders first call. So when they're stressed out and nervous, you know, we, we want to be there for them um, every step of the way. And this is not just portfolio founders, but founders in our ecosystem and beyond. Yep, that's great. And I think this was obviously there are a lot of VC firms out there and they've been exponential growth in the number of VC funds in the last um, couple of years. But I think this was really a test of your relationship with your founders, but also, like you said, um, upcoming founders, founders that you know, are in your community that 
are affected by it just by um, even through their plans to potentially raise in the future as well. So great to know that there's a lot of governance lessons. And I, I definitely agree with that. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about, about 186 Ventures. Um, what's the fund's investment thesis and what have been some of the trends or themes that you've been excited about? Yeah, for sure. So 186 Ventures, we're a pre-seed and seed stage investment firm investing thematically across software sectors. So we're operating right now out of our first fund. It's a $37 million vehicle and we're writing, you know, 250K check size to a million and a half dollar check size. So that means we lead, we co-lead, we follow. Really, the, the beauty of being a, a seed fund that, in our opinion, has not taken on too much capital is that we can be very flexible and organic with how we partner with founders. So, you know, we think that the seed stage, it's a specialty. It requires a unique combination of bringing founder and operational know-how to the table coupled with being thematic and how we spend our time in any given year. And I'd say there, there are some key themes and theses that we migrate towards, that being embedded fintech, blockchain technology, developer technology, AI, enterprise SaaS, some property tech and some consumer. But personally, I've found it incredibly interesting following all the recent developments in AI and ML, specifically really as it relates to you know, AI within the workplace and its ability to enable companies to innovate at exponential rates. And I'm, I'm so curious how one day I'll be able to leverage AI on my platform team in terms of you know, diligencing and you know, deal flow and streamlining a lot of the processes that I do that are a lot more manual today. So curious how I'll be able to one day leverage AI um, in platform. I've come across at least three different AI ML driven um, pitch deck automation software in the last <laughs> couple of weeks, I would say. So there's definitely a lot of work being done and rethinking a lot of the tasks that we do, especially the more manual tasks. So like you, I'm very excited as someone who has spent a lot of time in banking creating pitch decks to see yeah. next, you know, what are the efficiencies that we can create with AI? I know it's it's such a broad category of technology, but it's possible to like really focus mm -hmm. on specific platforms and tools that leverage AI and ML in an unprecedented way, you know, and, you know, it's highly disruptive to the current construct in any industry, whether it's developer technology like OpenAI or consumer wearable like Whoop or enterprise workflow solutions like UiPath. It's, it's really clear that, you know, AI poses a fundamental shift in the way that technology is, you know, both produced and leveraged by enterprises and consumers. Absolutely. And um, my next question is actually, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about gender dynamics in VC. Um, really curious to hear, obviously, your experience in VC is relatively new, but curious what your experience has been with gender dynamics in the industry and how you personally navigate them, not just, you know, at 186, but in the entire Boston ecosystem. Um, like you said, 186 is very community driven. So you spend a lot of time with founders and other investors. So just really curious about that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it's a, a, a very important one that you're asking. And I think we've probably all been there or experienced this, but it can be a little bit 
jarring or intimidating to be at either a conference or an event or in a room where you look around, you really only see maybe a couple other women there. And, you know, I know this podcast is about women in D.C., but of course, the lack of diversity is not just within gender, but also within race, sexual orientation and so on. So I do believe that there are a lot of firms that are working hard to create environments that are much more representative of the makeup of the world. And I can speak to 186 and the events that we host, um, but you know, we, we tie OKRs to our gender diversity at the events that we host. And we just wanna make sure and ensure that female founders and operators who join our events, they're not met with that jarring feeling of being outnumbered. And, you know, strides have been made by a ton of other firms as well who are working to move the needle. Like I'll, I'll call out F Prime, for example, they host a female funders and founders event and I've attended them and they're spectacular. I've met incredible peers and mentors there. And I'm seeing a lot more female centric meetups pop up around Boston, which I'm, I'm proud to see. There's still a ton of work that needs to be done, but it does start with firms pushing diversity initiatives forward and making those experiences that we've all had a little less common and then a lot less common. That's really great to hear. And yes, I have also been seeing a lot of, um, I joined a bunch of Slack communities here in Boston and you get to know a lot of the female founders around and a lot of the female investors. Sophie, this has been a great conversation. Um, before we end, I just want to ask this one question that I ask everyone on the on the show is, what advice do you have for aspiring female investors? Great question. I always like advice, so I'd, I'd rather hear advice than give it. But let me see. Um, I guess I don't want to sound too cliche here, but I, I do believe this to my core that you really do need to figure out what your superpower is. And I mentioned this in platform, just platform roles and within venture, you can specialize in certain things within a platform team, but figuring out what your superpower is and where your natural talents lie is very important. From there, lean in hard to those, hone your craft a bit, definitely recognize the areas that are not as developed and you can work on those, of course, but understand that your superpower power is probably what's going to stand out and help you land that job that you're looking at. For example, you know, maybe you're a great community builder and you have a whole peer network from school that you can tap into for deal flow. Or maybe you're incredibly technical and, and that's your edge when building that rapport with founders. But, you know, it'll take some self-reflecting. And while you do this, don't let imposter syndrome take over because each and every one of us has a superpower and being keenly aware of your own will unlock a lot of doors down the line. And then the second thing that I would urge listeners who are either looking to break into VC or who have recently broken in and are looking to rise their way up the ladder is to find people to sit in your corner and champion your growth and success. It's it's always important to be your own biggest advocate, but almost equally as important is to have peers and mentors and bosses and ecosystem partners who can champion you through your career 
So start building those foundational relationships with people you trust and, you know, they're really going to want to see you succeed. And from there, pay it forward always. Amazing. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me.